to the watchdog. It's summertime, it's summertime, and the living is easy, but the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Once was a thought inside my head. Before I reached 30, I'd be dead. But somehow on and on I go. I keep on rolling with the flow. I used to think I'd be dead by 30. I mean, when I was in my 20s, I didn't think I was going to make it past 30. Not because I was living a wild lifestyle. Well, I was, but that's not, I just, I never thought I'd make it past 30. You remember that uh, December I visited you in the uh, hospital room, Howard? I don't remember that because I was in La La Land. I thought you were going to be dead in 20 minutes, and I swear <laughs> to God, that's a true story. <laughs> well, as you well know, nobody told me <laughs> until after I got out four weeks in the hospital when I got out. And I don't remember anything. I do not remember you being there, anybody being there. Santa Claus came to visit me. I don't remember any of that kind of stuff. You depressed him. He had to get out of there. He couldn't stand to be around you. <laughs> but uh, uh, I've told you before, it wasn't until I had like my six-week checkup, and one of my doctors says, you understand we thought we were going to lose you, right? I said, what do you mean, lose me? He said, well, didn't, we didn't think you were making it out. So you were prescient about that. You didn't think, you didn't think I was going to make it. All right, uh, real quick, uh, seven, temperature moving up, 72, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 69 at the Highlands, 72 in Elm Grove, 70 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley, sunny and up into the upper 80s, close to 90 for many parts of the upper Ohio Valley during the day today. We talked last hour with uh, Brad McElhenney about the race for governor in West Virginia. Of course, there are, what, I think five people contending on the Republican side for the uh, governor's Republican nomination for governor. Looks like now we're getting down to maybe Steve Williams and Huntington announcing to run for the Democrat side of things uh, in the governor's race. The other big race, of course, is the U.S. Senate race. Jim Justice, Alex Mooney going against each other in the primary. And, you know, the big question mark about it all is what's Joe Manchin? Is he's the incumbent right now? What's he going to do? I don't think anybody knows. I'm not 100% sure that even he knows. But I wanted to talk about that with Professor John Kilwine from WVU, political science professor, because he has a pretty good grasp of all this kind of stuff, can kind of see between the lines and read some things here. Uh, professor, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Howard. Morning. So let me begin with a simple question. What do you think Manchin's going to do? I have no idea, just oh. like you said. But if I, if I did, if I were forced to, into a bet, I'd say he's going to run for the Senate again. All right, what do you think about this idea of him as a potential presidential candidate? The no-labels folks have been sort of on and off, quite frankly, about uh, even running a third-party candidate, and then on and off a little bit about Manchin. I'm not sure that they're as committed to Joe Manchin as some of us in the media have made it out to be. But, I mean, what do you think about all this talk about him as a third-party presidential candidate? Well, for me, it begs the question: What what does Joe Manchin offer to a national electorate? We know we know what he offers to a West Virginia electorate, and it's going to be a a tough, complicated case if he runs against uh, a justice. But what what does he what does he offer to a uh, to a national audience? Or flip it around: What is Joe Manchin's natural kind of uh, electorate that he could he could build on to theoretically win, or at least upset the balance in the race? Do you have an answer to your own question? No, I, I do. I, I really don't. I don't see a national electorate. I mean, he 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 gained he gained national attention for um, you know blocking 
some of uh, Biden's, um, uh, you know, economic agenda. So I don't think he earned any any great points with people on the left or to the left middle. And um, is he really going to appeal to Republicans? I don't think so. I mean, clearly, the folks in, in Trump's camp, if he's the, the candidate, are going to be squarely behind him. So I guess, you know, people think that he maybe he's going to appeal to kind of independent or slightly leaning right suburban folks or suburban soccer moms, as they used to say. But I, I don't see that he has as an appeal to them either. Let me ask you as a political science professor, is there even such a thing anymore as the independent voter? I mean, I know people carry the independent label after their name, but is there really such a thing as a persuadable voter that was, well, they might be thinking about Trump, they might be thinking about, but boy, they might be able to convince to go to Manchin. I don't know if that even exists anymore, but you're wiser than I am. What do you think? Well, I'm not wiser than you, but the the the, the thing is that in terms of polling, uh, when we look at polling data, we so many people, a lot more people are, are defining themselves as independent because I guess they don't want to sell you themselves with either the D or the R. And so that that, that what you really have to do is you have to dig in and say, well, is this person leaning leaning R or leaning D? And and yeah, there still are independents, but it's a tiny it's a tiny sliver of the electorate. And uh, but I mean, think about the think about the last election. It it, it and the one before it. I mean, they, they were close races, and so they they will still be fought over. But I think you're right in that it's a much smaller group than it used to be. As a strategy, uh, I've thought anymore, if you're running for office, your goal is more get out the vote, get your supporters to go vote, as opposed to thinking you're going to persuade too many people to come to your side. Now, Trump is a little bit different because there are people who, I mean, he, he has a negative connotation in some people's minds, super super positive in others' minds. But in in general, I, I would say if you're going to vote for Trump, you're not going to vote for Biden. If you're going to vote for Biden, you're not going to vote for Trump. And I'm not sure that there is such a thing as as a middle ground, which no labels kind of feels that there is. Yeah, but I might flip it around. And, and so, the you know, the, and the, there were these complaints about the last election and really about uh, a number of recent elections, and that is, you know, this standard American complaint that I, I don't like either candidate. Why can't we have better choices? Blah blah blah. And I do think there's, and again, when we're talking about elections so close, you know, maybe this could potentially have effect. Maybe not. Is that the person who goes into the election booth and says, "Well, there's no way that I can vote for Trump, but I can't vote," but and 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 has similar feelings about Biden. And, and and then if there's this, you know, if there's this third candidate, then rather than just saying I'm not going to vote, that, that they, they throw their vote away to the to the third candidate. Because the reality in American politics is until something fundamentally changes, a third-party candidate doesn't stand a chance. Well, you just used a word that I was going to ask you, which is if you vote for a third-party candidate, whether it's Joe Manchin on No Labels or anybody else, aren't you in a sense throwing your vote away – and aren't you influencing the election for one or the other of the remaining candidates? I 100% agree with you. And so I think there are some people that just can't bring themselves to make the vote. It's an honest choice. They're, they're completely ambivalent. And so they, they, they vote for the third-party candidate. And, and, and the impact is that they, that they did throw away their vote. Now, 
maybe they walk away and they, they have a clear conscience. So they, they voted they voted for president and, uh, you know, in this way for the third party. But they also made their vote in terms of the Senate, in terms of the governor's office and so on. But then I also think there are some people, and I don't have any empirical proof of this, but I think there are some people who go in and vote for the third party candidate because they can't bring themselves to make the choice for, and you pick, you know, you can pick whatever you want, Biden or or Trump. And so rather than voting for that person who they don't like's opponent, who they maybe like even less, they, they end up voting for the third party candidate. But at the end of the day, it, it it's it, it the only purpose of a, a third party well no there are two purposes at least one is to get to get policy issues out in the in the mainstream and to get people to talk about things and so I think Ralph Nader would say that was what he right. was about Ross Perot would say that was what he was about to talk about the deficit etc um, but the other thing is that that we you know there are third party candidates who are there. To serve no other purpose than to be a spoiler, and and I think in this election with no labels, because I mean we could get into the whole who's funding no labels, and it doesn't it doesn't have completely uh, clean hands in terms of being nonpartisan, not democratic, not republican, not conservative, not liberal. That I think that it's 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 been going back and forth about running a candidate only if it seems like you know Biden is in a strong position. Um, if 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 there were to be a third party candidate under the no labels banner, uh, and if Manchin were to be that candidate, I I, I want to quickly say as I think you did, I don't think that's a likelihood, but it's being talked about. Who, who does it help, Biden or Trump? If you have a third party with Manchin on the ticket, who does it help? <clears throat> well. I don't really know, Howard, because, I mean, it's going to be those people around the middle who are going to who who probably going to go back and if you polled them would say the thing that I said earlier. And that is, why do why do we have such bad choices? And so I guess it could go either way. But I think empirically, it, it is worth noting that, you know, uh, Harlan Crow, who's, who's close friends with Clarence Thomas and that whole thing with the with the Supreme Court right. is a significant contributor. And so, you know, I'm going to pay attention to where the money's coming from. And to me, that's a signal that these are people who don't want Biden reelected and would prefer, uh, you know, probably a Republican. So I think somebody doesn't throw millions of dollars into an election, you know, just for the fun of it or to, you know, because they're, 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 they're civic minded. I think that there's a reason for it. And so I have my doubts and I, I have my questions. My guess is that the, that the goal is probably to undercut some of Biden's support, say, in the Philadelphia suburbs or the, the Virginia suburbs or wherever. And, and so now my question comes – I go back to my original question. Is Joe Manchin the, the, the guy who can lure some of those, those voters away? And I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure about that. Um, I'm a Democrat, and uh, I have to be honest. I sure wish there was a better choice than Joe Biden. But that's the choice we've got. I have, over all the years I've been on the radio, I always point out that we never get the best person for the job. We only get a choice of people to pick from, and we're going to have to pick one of two or maybe three, but one of two. Uh, but So I'm one of these ones thinking, man, it would be nice if there was somebody else in this race. But my fear is if it's a Joe Manchin or somebody of that ilk, I shouldn't say ilk, of that nature, um, 
that it, all that will do is, is simply shore up Donald Trump, and I sure as hell don't want that. So uh, it, it gets a little bit complicated in my mind and how you're going to vote. I noticed that a lot of his fellow Democrats, uh, Manchin's fe- fellow Democrats, are trying to encourage him not to consider this, I think, for the same reasons we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, to me, it, 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 if, if I'm going to look at this from Joe Manchin's perspective, even though there's no way that I could, I could assume that position, is that, you know, strategically, maybe, you know, this continues to work in his favor and the people are still talking about him. They talk about him in a, a national context. They talk about, about him as being, you know, this, this healthy alternative to, to these two old guys, Trump and, and, and Biden, although uh, Manchin's no spring chicken. Right. And, and, you know, and, and, and so that, that it, keeps his, it keeps his name in the, in the, in the papers and the, on the, more importantly, on the TV shows and things like that. So, I mean, to me, it, it, it makes perfect sense why he would talk about it. I just, if, if, if I were brought in, which I wouldn't be, but if I were brought in as a, as a consultant to the campaign for this national election, I would just, I would walk in and ask the uncomfortable question, who's your national electorate? Who do you expect, who do you expect to lure over? Because he's certainly, he's certainly not going to lure over the, the, the MAGA core because they feel, you know, and, and let's extrapolate from West Virginia. They feel that he undercut the conservative cause. He, he went over, he gave Biden a big win with the, with the Inflation Reduction Act and, and so on. So he's not going to win those people over. He's not going to win over people on the left. I mean, given what, you know, his continued protection of coal and, and right. you know, the, the, the fossil fuel industry. So he's not going to win that over. So to me, it, it's, it's a lost cause. And, 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 you know, he always says, I never get into an election. I'm not going to win or something like that. Right. So I think he's too savvy of a politician. He's too intelligent to, to get into this other than it would be, you know, if, if he does come to the conclusion, I can't win in this, I can't win in the, in the, in the West Virginia Senate race. <clears throat> Maybe this would be a fun swan song that I go out as a as a national candidate. But at, at, at that point, that's almost kind of like um, you know, um, just a a last ditch effort, a kind of kamikaze thing. Well, but, but let's let's has no. Let's talk about that. Um, what what do you think, Manchin? Let's assume that Manchin does decide to run for reelection. Um, what do you think his chances are? Because I think they're pretty. I think I think it, at the very 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 least. He is in for the election of his life, and I think quite likely he's not going to win re-election. That's just my lay of the land right now. Now, Manchin is a, can certainly surprise you, so I, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on that, but that's kind of my feeling. on. What do you think? I mean, does, if Manchin gets into the race, does he win the race? Does he have a good shot at winning the race? The Senate I, race. I, I agree with you. I agree with you in, in, in that it's going to be the, the fight of his life. I, if I were an odds maker, I would say justice has a right right now has a slight edge, and the only reason I do that is because you know it's like it's like the Steelers and the Browns, you know who you don't care about what the record is of that particular season when they play each other, it's going to be a tough game, and and you know you're going to have to adjust the odds that way, and I think it's the same with this because I think that I don't I mean let's face it I don't think justice is the perfect candidate I mean he's popular. But you know he hasn't really been bloodied, and so this is going to be this is going to be a knockdown drag him out. This is going to unless it, unless the polls just go completely kablooey, there's going to be a lot of national money put into this. Right. Uh, there's going to be a lot of digging 
in on both sides. And so, uh, you know, in the, in the backgrounds and the issues that the candidates have and their, 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 you know, their, their holdings in terms of companies and things like that. So I agree with you. It's going to be a tough race. If I had to pick, I'd say it's probably slightly the edge goes slightly to justice, but I, I, I still think that's what, you know, that's the, the old cliche. That's why we play the game. That's why we have the election. I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be worth paying attention to. Now, now if he gets creamed or if he loses, I won't be surprised. But I also I wouldn't be surprised if we talk, you know, later in November next year and 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 uh, and it turns out he won, too. So I, I just I think it's too close to call right now. You are assuming it sounds to me like you're assuming and I am, too, by the way, that justice wins the Republican primary. Well, I'm assuming it because I think he's the most likable of the crew. Right. I mean, I think that uh, I think that Mitch McConnell certainly put his bet down. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Mooney is, uh, is is I think I think Joe Manchin would pray to run against Alex Mooney, and so I, I um, yeah I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be justice. I mean, let's face it, justice is popular. It's gonna be a Republican primary, and and now I mean. I guess I guess there are I guess there are chances there for for Mooney or somebody else to to, to picket uh, justice. But if I had to guess, I think it's going to be justice against uh, Manchin. Uh, uh, justice, of course, is continuing to face sort of the death by a thousand cuts these days. Seems like every couple of days there's another financial story about his businesses. There's uh, issues about his health have been raised again recently. Uh, so to the point that he gets irritated and tells those of us in the media to step back, step back, don't, don't talk about these things. Um, at this moment, I feel like justice is the, is the likely nominee, but I, I don't know how much, how much more bad news can pile upon him before Mooney has a better chance than I think he does right now. Well, you may be right, and 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 so and that and that that also plays throughout both campaigns, right? I mean, if Justice does win in a clo- in a close one or closer than it should have been against Mooney, then that weakens you. I mean, Joe Manchin's not going to face any challenges that are going to be legitimate, and that the uh, uh, um, and and these deaths. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot there, and I'm I'm sure with regard to both candidates that can be dug out by. You know, concerted national efforts, and there's going to be they're, they're going to they're going to be going after them, and so going after both of them, and um, um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think justice is is the flawed candidate, and, and and you know, it's unfortunate for from his perspective and from his campaign's perspective, in that he really he had a relatively easy time as governor, and he was very supported. He he, he did some good things on the COVID stuff, and and so you know, he had a lot of popularity, but. But they they also got in trouble with trying to control the you know trying to control the story trying to control the media. You're not going to be able to pull that off in a national election, and so right. you know those stories are going to come out, and and, and attempts to shut down stories will will, will will go against you. But again, I, that's why I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. If if you're into politics, this is going to be an interesting race. Now. It could be. It could go completely wrong, and I, and 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 I have egg on my face, and and the you know national issues affect the race, or that people just have had it with Manchin. But I, I think that they're two. I mean, they're two native candidates that that you know West Virginians know well, and 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 it's going to be it's going to be a battle between the two. 
Well, it's going to be interesting. It's hard to believe that we're just uh, we're still six months away from filing deadline, and we've been talking about this for six <laughs> months. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be aggressive. The Republican primary, and then we'll see what happens uh, uh, with Manchin. Uh, I, if Manchin doesn't get into the race, I think he will, like you do. But if he doesn't, I don't know what Democrats do then. Just say take it, you know, take it away, Republicans. I don't even know there's anybody else on the stage who could could mount a campaign of any kind so uh, it's going to be interesting. well that's why i think that uh, that's why i think his colleagues in the senate are so i mean uh so uh supportive of mansion in and even when he when he slaps them in the face because i think they realize that i mean if if, if he doesn't run then the democrats are basically going to take a knee yeah. and and so that, that that's one seat that's lost Professor, I always enjoy talking to you. I like your insight. I appreciate it very much, and we'll continue to talk as the election moves forward. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Howard. See you. Right. Uh, professor John Kilwine from WVU, political science professor, I think head of the political science department. 837, 23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Getting warm, 72 degrees at the uh, airport, 69 at the Highlands, 72 in Elm Grove, 70 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, going up to 90 today or pretty close to it. Let's check into the uh, Ohio Valley Newsroom from WTRF-TV, and um, Rebecca Little was here this morning. Good morning. I'm Rebecca.